What's up, everybody? How's it going? Thanks for tuning in to this, our first episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. Woo! I'm your co-host, Jared Miller. I'm the other co-host, Justin Wright. And we want to thank you for embarking on this, what we hope to be, glorious journey with us today. Yeah, it's it's been a big build-up to this journey. We've been talking about doing this podcast for years. At least one year, that's for sure. Yeah. I remember when we first brought it up. And it was winter sometime. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't this winter. I think the first time... This is not the first podcast we've recorded either. We recorded one for a class one time, if you remember. It was glorious. <laughs> it was another G word, and I think garbage <laughs> was the word you're looking for. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. But this one we plan to... Uh, well, we care about what we talk about in this one. Yeah. So it's going to be, hopefully, a lot better experience for everyone involved. Us and you guys. Uh, it's going to be a sports-heavy podcast. That's going to be kind of the common thread Yep. in most of what we talk about, but we're definitely not going to be opposed to talking about pop culture stuff, music, TV, movies, you name it. We'll probably discuss it at some point. Yeah. Um, so I think we should probably introduce ourselves so people know who the heck we are and kind of where our, where our sports alignments lie, right? Definitely. Definitely. You want to you wanna lead off here? Yeah, sure. Uh my, my main sport that I follow is obviously going to be football, for me personally. And I am a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I've never been to Florida in my life, so <laughs> it just kind of happened strangely through fantasy football. I became a Buccaneers it happened, fan. It happened through Jameis Winston <laughs> yeah, and James fantasy football. Winston and, and one particular week, if I remember correctly, right? He got you 40-some <sighs> points. and Well, it wasn't just the one week. I, I was following him. He was my main quarterback that season. And he yo-yoed. He had like 30 points. And I was like, oh, crap, I didn't play him that week. So I was like, play him next week. He had like three points. I'm like, crap, I'm taking him out. And then he had 40 points. And I was just <laughs> so fed up with his yo-yoing. That's I just, right. That's right. I started watching him and paying attention. I had a good time watching the football uh, that they played. So it just kind of happened. And I fell in love with the rest of the team. And obviously, being a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, this year has been very exciting for me. It sure has. It sure has. And I'm sure when you first saw those creamsicle uniforms, it just sealed it. Oh, the creamsicles are classic. <laughs> but I do really like the new uniforms. I, I think they're a good design. Fair enough. Um, but besides that, I do also follow the MLB a little bit. I'm a Mariners fan, as as are you, Jared. I am. Uh, we both share in that painful existence together. Yep. We were yeah, just uh, talking about the most recent scores and how it... The other team may it's, or may not have dropped double digits on us last yes, night. Yes, yes. It's not fun. Uh, we'll be happy here, though. We won't talk about the Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about happy things. So, baseball's out, I guess. But, <laughs> um, And then, as we both kind of are, we're both new Krakens fans. As of, like, a week ago. I yeah. think it was a week ago tomorrow that they announced the official name, logo, and colors. Uh, they announced it last year that seattle was getting a team it was a moment that i uh as a seattle sports fan across the board mm -hmm. had been waiting for for a long time and now that just means the nba needs to bring back the sonics yeah that would be nice that will get yeah that's that's a whole different can of worms <laughs> but yeah um i am super jacked about the new hockey team in seattle i would love nothing more than to see them run the table, go to a Stanley Cup the first season, do what Vegas couldn't a couple years ago in yeah. their inaugural season. But I will try my best to be realistic about it. Uh, I'm just excited that the Pacific Northwest is finally going to get Yeah, hockey. it's awesome. That's I've been kind of a, a casual hockey fan. I follow somewhat, um, mostly because I found this really cool like throwback Blackhawks jersey. I'm like, that's cool, I want that. But now I have like a new reason to follow hockey because... I mean, Seattle's not that far from where we live, so that we can actually go watch games and... Short know. little jaunt away, for yeah. sure. So, I guess that will come back over to me. Like I said, I am a Seattle sports fan across the board. I've been a Seahawks fan since I was six. Um, I remember watching the Seahawks play in the first Super Bowl against Pittsburgh, and I was... I was very, I was pretty little then. I didn't have a super firm grasp on football at the time. I was very casual watcher i really only watched when it was on and my dad is a huge steelers fan and they were playing each other in that super bowl super bowl 40 in detroit and i remember as a little kid being at a super bowl party with my parents and i asked my dad i said who are the steelers playing today 
And my dad lied to me because he wanted me to root for Pittsburgh in that game. So he said, well, they're playing Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) And I, just giving a cursory glance at the TV, saw the other team was wearing blue. So I was like, all right, that makes sense. And the whole game, I was like, let's go Pittsburgh. And I never bothered to pay attention. And it wasn't until a couple days later at school, I found out via some classmates in a less than ideal fashion that they weren't playing Dallas and that they were playing Seattle. And that uh, there were some questionable calls that went to Steelers' yeah, way. That's... We won't get into that either. Yeah, but... that's that's a whole... Uh, speaking of can of worms. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I felt so bad that I had rooted against this innocent team all day in the Super Bowl. And I was like, you know what? As kind of a screw you to my dad and kind of a I'm sorry to Seattle. That's when I really <laughs> started rooting for the Seahawks. And it stuck. It stuck. And then one thing fell in after another i became a mariners fan when i got into baseball in high school and you've been hurting ever since i have been uh sounders all the way and like i said i'm just waiting on the nba to step up and follow suit here yeah so um it's funny that you bring up that super bowl because that's my family you know my parents and at the time myself and my brother couldn't have cared less about football but i remember that super bowl we we were originally from washington and so, of course, everybody was excited. The Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl. And what I remember about that Super Bowl is on, like, Yahoo News, we threw up the score on the computer and we'd check it periodically. But my mom that night was like, it's a Super Bowl. We need to have football food. So she made nachos. That's like, football food? Yeah, that's football food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not not football food. It's Yeah, that's just always what I think about, though, when I think about that Super Bowl. And then, of course, everybody being mad the next day because of the calls. Yeah, but. yeah. So... Yeah, that, uh, I'm sure if you haven't figured out by yet why we call ourselves the Expansion Buddies, uh, Justin here is a big Buccaneers fan and me as a Seahawks fan. You might know this already, but the Seahawks and Buccaneers were the two expansion teams in the 1976 NFL expansion. It's something that has always tied our two franchises together. It's something we bring up all the time. We actually used to call ourselves Expansion Buddies before we even, before this podcast was even a glimmer in our eye. We yeah. called each other that, so we thought it would be a good name for this. And we both know that both our teams just started off so well in the league. Like, oh, yeah. You can't, just, you can't, can't ask for a better start. You definitely can't <laughs> ask for improvement on 0-14 and 2-12. and 12. Yeah, no kidding. It was it was a solid, solid year in 76. Oh, yeah. So anyway, that's why we call ourselves that. I'm sure if you listen along with us as we go down the road, you're going to hear a lot of Seahawks and Buccaneers talk. Uh, but we'll talk about other teams, too, we once in a while, will. at least. We definitely will. And no, we'll, we'll talk about all the teams. Again, we'll try not to be too biased. We'll try. Try. We'll try. Try being the We know guy. how that goes. Yeah. But anyway, um, we wanted to start this first episode off by kind of just recapping the highlights of the summer in the sports world. Or the, or or the lowlights. The lowlights. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a real banner summer for Anything, athletics. really. Yeah, anything in the world, but athletics here in america so um, yeah it's i know you referred to this summer as the sportsless wasteland several times and that's because up until about a week ago when baseball started up Mm -hmm. it has been and obviously we all know why the coronavirus kind of threw a collective wrench into the whole sports equation yeah i know that wrench kind of made me realize corona was serious for the first time that's when when the nba canceled their season on March 11th, that's when I was like, oh, wow, this is serious. Do you remember where you were when it got canceled? Um, I don't remember seeing it the night before. So a little background for myself. I'm a teacher. Uh, so I think that night, you know, it was right before our, our prom and I was the junior class advisor. So we were doing a bunch of work, put getting ready to put it on. But I remember that waking up the next morning and checking my phone and like, oh, crap. That and then like walking into the school. And the other thing I really remember is they were having our or Montana's Class C State Girls Basketball Tournament, and they ended up uh, canceling the finals, so they did a um, two-way or a uh, tie for the championship. And I I don't know why, but just, like, the sports starting to shut down, just it made it real to me. Yeah, same here. So I, at the time, was working at the local radio station here. Um, One of my jobs there was I was actually a producer for the local college's women's basketball games, Montana State University, um, our women were having a record-setting season. Mm-hmm. By pretty much every metric, they went 19-1 and in conference play, 
They were their only loss was double overtime. They were blowing their way through their conference tournament here. The Big Sky tournament was being played over in Boise, and that night actually the women were set to play the Idaho Vandals in the Big Sky Women's Championship. Winner was of course going to head to the NCAA tournament. And I had heard some stuff that day at work that some conferences around the country were were throwing the towel in on their basketball tournaments. The mm-hmm. Ivy League went. I remember that day, and I, I, I honestly didn't even then though like grasp kind of the seriousness of it because I was like, all right, well, you know, we're still going to play tonight, and the women were. I don't want to say probably going to win, but they sure seemed on the right track to. Yeah. And. Um, then I get a then one of our DJs actually at the radio station. He stopped me and he said, "Hey, he said, did you hear they just canceled the Big Sky tournament?" And I was like, "Dang!" So I texted our um, play-by-play guy, uh, and I asked. He's he's also coincidentally or was also the director of operations for women's basketball, so he's around the team a lot. I texted him and said, "Hey, I just got word that they're they're calling the tournament. Is this true?" And even he didn't know that yet. I kind of broke the news to him, oh, wow. and, and he said, uh, "He said I can't confirm that yet." He goes, "I need to get back to you," and then he must have talked to somebody because five minutes later, I got a text back, and he said, "Yeah, it's canceled." Wow, that, so that just I'm sure put that I, I guess that put your whole station into just like kind of panic mode, right? Yeah, I mean that was and, and the men actually the men's basketball team was supposed to play a game that afternoon as well, and they hadn't played at all in the tournament yet, so they were getting ready to play their first game. It had got canceled too. That took that definitely knocked off a lot of uh, airtime we had planned for that evening. Yeah. But even then, like I still, I was like, all right, this sucks, and it's you know, I was I honestly disagreed with it at first. I was like, why not let them play? Why not? Mm-hmm. They're already there. Let them play the game. I was mad. I was like, but you know, whatever. I still hadn't completely grasped the seriousness of the situation yet. I was starting to at that point. But then we went to me and a couple friends went to. Uh, local bar trivia night every wednesday night and uh we went there bar always has uh sports on the tvs uh that night they had nba games on and i remember looking up one of the tvs and there was a big red banner that was running across the bond that said breaking news nba suspends season and that right there was the moment that i realized that this was serious it was not going to be just a two or week three or three week thing it was here to stay yeah and, uh, yeah, I would totally agree with you. The The sports world kind of was the ones that opened uh, my eyes, your eyes, I think a lot of the country's eyes to the yeah. seriousness of the situation. And, I mean, if you look at it, too, a lot of those, especially NBA stars, were not taking it seriously. You have, you know, like uh, Gobert? Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert on the yeah. Jazz. I remember that. Yeah, Because he did the whole touching all the microphone thing. And then he's like, oh, I've got coronavirus. And then I think Donovan Mitchell, uh, his teammate on Utah, got it a few days later or yeah, and it kind of was just like spreading throughout that franchise. So. And I remember texting another mutual buddy of ours, um, Kyle, and he about it, and he had kind of said the same thing we just said. He said, you know, he said I, I wasn't worried about it until I heard the names of people, like, famous people, getting it. Yeah, and then it, well, I think it was around that same time, uh, not in the sports world, that Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, got it too. Got him and his wife got yeah. it when they were down uh, filming a movie in Australia, I believe. Correct? Yeah, yeah, I think they were down there. I don't, I, I, I guess it was for a movie, probably, yeah. but. Yeah, I uh, that's that's when it was like, all right, this this is uh, this is for real. I think one of the reasons neither of us took it, you know, too seriously to start with was we live in Montana, like we're so far removed from a lot of this. We stuff. are, but you know, a lot of times national news misses us far and wide. Yeah. So you know, it, it was something that I think a lot of Montanans, and I still think, like I said at the beginning of March, like that, a lot of Americans in general just weren't super concerned about. Maybe unless you lived somewhere like Seattle, where it was starting to blow up yeah or like new york you know one of the first points of contact in the country but anyway i think the sports world did uh show a lot of people that hey let's take this seriously and you won't find a more avid sports guy than me and even at that time i was like all right there are more important things than playing games right now yeah as much as i missed it all um it was more important for to keep people safe yeah i'll never forget too i have a i had a student this past year she just graduated but she's a huge uh Huge baseball fan. Her her favorite team's the Cubs. She also likes the Astros, although that yeah. that's a point of contention now. Pin in that. Pin in that. <laughs> but when they canceled the NBA stuff, you know, 
it was kind of like a domino effect. Cause not long after they said baseball wasn't going to go. Yeah, it really was because they also, I think it was the next day they announced uh, no NCAA tournament, men's or women's. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I went into the our our high school's office and she was sitting there and she's like, "Look, devastated." She's like, "They just canceled the season." Yeah. And obviously now we're back in a in a limited we're getting fashion. Back. Um. At the time of recording this, actually, NBA is supposed to start tomorrow. That's true. They played some scrimmages. I haven't heard any devastating news out of the bubble down there in Orlando yet. The only real bad news I've heard, uh, or at least widespread bad news in terms of sports, is the Miami Marlins right now. Mm-hmm. I think they had four more players test positive today. Oh, really? Bringing their total up to 18 or 19 or something like that. Yeah, and I think, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like the Miami Marlins might be indicative of what c- could potentially happen with the NBA bubble. Well, and- I think it's very easy to draw correlations there. It is, but here's the, here's the main difference I would like to point to, too. The NBA is a bubble. Or it is best of one, and it can be right now. All those teams are contained in one location. The MLB, these teams are still traveling, and they're still playing in their different markets across the country. So who knows if that's the reason why Miami had an outbreak with their organization. I I guess it's fair. It is tough to to make that call without knowing the exact situation. But the other thing is, too, you're right, where if, if there is some sort of infection in the bubble... It's going to be really bad because you're not talking one team, then you're talking every team that's down there. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't know what it would be, uh, what enough would be for the MLB or the NBA to call it again. I know with this latest outbreak, baseball has said, you know, we're going to plug on. We're going anyway. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think the NFL has the benefit of being able to watch how the MLB and the NBA handle this situation. You know, they've been doing a lot of talks with the uh, uh, NFLPA, the Players Association. Yeah. And they've kind of come to a lot of agreements right now because there's a lot of players that were, you know, concerned about their health. Yeah. uh, And didn't feel that the NFL was making the proper accommodations. It was almost a strategic voicing of their displeasure Mm -hmm. on Twitter last Sunday, two Sundays ago. Yeah, I know. I know one of the most vocal is always J.J. Watt. Yeah. Um. But I saw, you know, I believe Russell Wilson also Russell tweeted Wilson out. Russell had something to say. Um, Richard Sherman had something to say. Of course. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's the thing, though. That's the only way to kind of hold the NFL's face to the flame a little bit is yeah. if those superstar players speak out. I mean, no offense, they're not going to listen if your third-string punter has something to say on Twitter. But when J.J. Watt speaks out, people listen. Yeah. So um, Those players speaking out, they did lead to concessions. Uh you know, there's no preseason this year, which I think is a... I think overall that's a good thing, personally. It doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, players can opt out for the season, which, speaking of, I just saw there. there's a lot of players that have been opting out. I know. The Patriots have just been dropping like flies. Yeah. The last um, couple days. Hightower was the first high-profile one that I saw. I think Patrick Chung is out. Yep. I saw that he dropped. So, you know, those those veteran players, that, that could have far-reaching you know, implications for their locker room, potentially. Yeah, this whole coronavirus thing, and not just in terms of sports um, in the whole world, obviously, but just for what we're talking about right now, I don't think people realize how far down the road that this is going to affect things. Mm -hmm. Because even when sports do come back full bore, which I don't think will be for a while, but even when they do, you're still going to be seeing the ramifications of this stuff. If we want to talk about the NCAA and the way they're hurting right now, uh, it's still very much up in the air on who's playing football this fall, who isn't. And yeah. there are some schools out there, um, the ones that aren't your Alabamas and your Ohio States of the world, that need football. Mm-hmm. They, they financially, the entire school needs it. And if they can't play, I've heard reports where some smaller D2 and D3 schools might close down entirely. Oh, really? And I don't mean just their football program. I mean their school. So that, speaking of far-reaching implications, that's not only affects just the school that affects the whole community there too absolutely unemployment you know yeah i mean it's just it's wild and it's it's something that when you you the more you think about it the more you see the trickle down effects of it yeah because i i think of like here in bozeman i don't think it would come to that here but so much of the economy here is driven you know you have all the people employed by the university and then you have all the construction going on here because of new students and their families moving to town yep and, oh my word, that that's just be devastating. Well, and, and, and I've told some people this, um, you know, nine times out of ten, as far as 
colleges and universities go in this country, your football team is your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. As far as your cash cow, your money maker. Um, maybe with the exceptions of like Duke, where it's your basketball team. <laughs> but most of the time, football is the one bringing in the bucks. Um, and even if they do play and they can't fill these stadiums, which they won't be able to this no. year, it's going to be a huge hit. I mean, I've already seen stuff where Stanford has canceled 11... I believe it was 11 of their school's athletic programs. I mean, I think synchronized swimming, rowing, those are ones I remember, but you know, that's 11 programs. Um, UConn, Connecticut has canceled a couple I remember. So, and I hate to say it, but that's just the beginning. Like we're going to be seeing yeah. this all over the place if if football can't go and if it can't go at full capacity, which it won't be. I I would be shocked if anywhere in the country played at full capacity this year. I I would agree. And I'm sure here, once we get a little bit closer to college athletics starting, I bet we hear a lot of players say that they're not going to, or athletes, I should say, say they're not going to compete or take part. Yeah, they're going to opt of, out. Yeah. Just like they are in the NFL right now. Well, and here's the other thing, just going back to the uh, economics of it real quick. One thing that's very interesting, it was a couple weeks ago that the Pac-12 announced, hey, we're only going to play conference games this year. Mm-hmm. All non-conference games are being scrapped. That actually affects us here at Montana State, the program here. They were scheduled to play Utah week two. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, that, that's an open date for us now. And last I heard, uh, the Bobcats were looking, you know, trying to find somebody to fill that open date with. But those big schools pay these little schools to come play them. Yeah, they, they pay them quite a size. I don't amount. know what Montana State was guaranteed this year to play Utah. But last year, when they went down and played Texas Tech, the Red Raiders play, paid the university $500,000 to play that game. Yeah. So you're probably looking at something similar this year, and I don't know what the details of the contract are, if they're going to reschedule for a later date and still get that money down the road. Or... And does that contract include any you know, guarantees? I, I wonder that, too. A Do lot they have con- any, like, quote-unquote insurance on it? A lot of those contracts do say that the breaching party has to pay the non-breaching party, but this is a extraordinary event, yeah. obviously, so I don't know if that applies here. But it's just, it's crazy. It's stuff like house like insurance that. that doesn't include acts of God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy though when you think about all the effects this has, and it's just everywhere. It's not just affecting these pro sports. It's not just affecting college sports. It's oh yeah. It's it, not just affecting sports. Period. It's everything. Yeah. It yeah. I mean, like right now, I'm here. I'm I'm couch surfing at your place, and yeah, Justin's not normally here with me. <laughs> he is this time, but yeah, um, another reason why it was a good time to record this episode, but I'm here, and uh, your roommate Joe wanted to expand your guys' deck out back here, and we went to go get lumber, and there's almost none here at the, you know, uh, none am I allowed found. to say the name of the hardware stores? Is that, a, is that an issue? <laughs> the orange place and the blue place. The orange place and the blue place. Yeah, yeah, if you don't know who they are, look them up. <laughs> Hardware store, orange place, blue place. You'll find them. <laughs> um, but there is almost no lumber because of COVID uh, just affecting these supply chains. You know, the mills aren't able to put out enough lumber, but people also have been home for so long that they want to, you know, do something, you know, work outside. So they've been improving their houses, you know, building sheds, building decks. And so... And you made the point earlier, uh, when you're stuck at home in quarantine and you don't leave the house for two weeks, you really start to notice everything that's wrong in your house and you want fixed and so you know that little chip in the paint that you ignore every day all of a sudden becomes number one on the most wanted list yeah exactly go buy some spackle yeah oh it's just crazy stuff it's Um, crazy stuff but it's yeah it's it's been a crazy just i mean everybody knows it's just been a crazy ride with how things have gone it has been and it's been a tough ride for a lot of people which is the unfortunate part yeah I think one of the sports groups that got hit kind of the most devastatingly was the XFL. You know, we talked a little bit about it, you know, before doing this the other day. But, you know, COVID caused them to fold, you know. COVID was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, they may not have folded this year. They could have gone more years. We don't know. We just don't have enough information. But they made it to, what, like week five, six? Uh, yeah, five or six. That sounds right. Um, And, you know... They had, you know, about 3 million viewers in week one. So they were trending pretty strongly to start with, but by the last week, they had about half that viewership. So that's it's still not yeah. bad. And that makes sense because, you know, when you're first starting and you're the novel thing on the block, people yeah. are going to want to tune in and check in. 
what I'm always interested in situations like that. I was the same with the AA, the AAF, if we all remember that fever dream. Um, all what, 12 weeks of it? If that? <laughs> well, if even. But I do remember, I was like, all right, yeah, it was it was popping up on the headlines everywhere after week one. I'm like, all right, I want to see what it does week three. Yeah. I want to see what it does week four when it's when when it's died down a little bit. Are people still that eager to tune in? And, of course, they weren't. But um, that's, yeah, the XFL, it, it was uh, it was definitely another byproduct of the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was his biggest victim, some say. No, I don't want to say that. I don't want to trivialize, trivialize any This is just things. sports, still, at the um, end of the day. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was too early to tell. And, you know, I've, I, for one, I was really enjoying the XFL play. Like, they had some... You know, good players. They had some really interesting ideas. You know, the 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 new kickoff rules they had were I liked. Them. You know, I, I liked them as well. I thought it was an interesting it, take. It, it definitely. I mean, it's no secret that uh, on kickoffs, it's where the most injuries happen and sometimes the worst injuries happen. And yeah. I think that I think that and I think that for those four or five weeks when it was going, the, the NFL was taking notes. Oh, I mean, absolutely. They were definitely watching. I mean, even if you look the first time that the N- or the XFL ran. You know, the NFL ended up taking a decent chunk of stuff. You know, one of the big ones was the Skycam. That's where yeah. the NFL got that. But, you know, even if the TV numbers were trending downwards, there was they were still selling tickets to a lot of their game. Well, the, the popular franchises were, I should say. Seattle. The Dragons were filling that stadium. Were, were they? As much as they roped off, they were I, I believe it. the Battlehawks were the team to watch, right? I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. That kind of felt like a fever dream, too, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it, it, it came and went so fast. You know, we might see it come back. We may not. That's I. I think the the XFL is something that's never truly dead. I do know. I do know that the Seattle Dragons official Jared Twitter is very adamantly pointing his finger into his lap because to make I a saw point. this just the other day. The Seattle Dragons official Twitter account is still active. It's up and going, and they were one of the first to follow the Seattle Kraken on Twitter. So they're out there. So the Seattle Dragons are supporting the Kraken. You know it's a quality franchise. Even when they can't support themselves. Ooh, man, that hurts. All right. Um, Speaking of football and franchises and... Yeah, big franchise changes. Needing support. uh, Whoa, man. Let's transition to our second topic of the afternoon. And that would be the... The Washington Football Club. The Washington Question Marks. The, the team formerly known as the Redskins. The TBDs. The TBDs. The Redskin Potatoes, you as uh, Brandon Perna would say. You know as much as we do right now uh, on what's going on over there in D.C. Speaking of fever dreams. <laughs> um, in, all real, or in all reality, this was a long time coming to dump that old name. Absolutely. It, I think, you know, you know, people have been lobbying for it since, you know, the 60s or 70s. Yeah, I mean, pe- people have known forever that they... I mean, it's a racial slur. Yeah, It was oh, a absolutely. racial slur. Um, I was asked a question pretty recently, you know, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about them changing the name? And I said, well, here's my litmus test for something like that. I said, is that a word that you would use normally if you're not referring to the team? Would you use that word in your everyday vocabulary? That's a good point. And I, th- I would hope that most people's answer to that question would be no. So that right there says, okay, you know, yeah. we should not be using this nomenclature for our, our team. And, and there, there's plenty of viable options out there. There has been for some time. Oh, yeah. Twitter, there was thousands of options that people put out, I'm sure. Uh, the one I saw gained a lot of traction, and I'm sure you saw it as well, but was the Washington Red Tails. I, I did like that one. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and I think if there's, I don't know if atonement's the correct word, but if there is a way for that franchise to start shedding a better light on itself, maybe going with the Red Tails wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, you know? No, Shedding it's... light on a very powerful and important group of people in our history. Absolutely. Not saying that Native Americans weren't, of course, but yeah, um, it's the way they shed that light. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. But, you know, right now with the, the Redskins, they're kind of perpetuating the stereotype of the the noble savage, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, a big thing for a long time. You'd see that in like England throughout history. Native Americans were noble, but still thought godless of godless heathens. They quote, still weren't seen on the same level. Yeah, and obviously that's horribly, blatantly inaccurate. Yeah, um, and I will say, when a team is able to do that correctly, 
I think it's great. Uh, I personally think one of the most beautiful logos in all of sports, um, and team names for that matter, is the Florida State Seminoles. Oh, absolutely. It's, I was going to say the same thing. It's a gorgeous logo. It's the, And the Seminole tribe down there in that area of the country is such a significant part of that part of our nation's history. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing about Florida State is I know that they uh, consistently consult members of yeah. the Seminole tribe about everything they're doing in terms of name, in terms of colors, in terms of all that stuff. Uh, one thing they should probably get rid of is the war chant that they have the fans That do would probably be a good thing. Um, but, you know, this kind of name change isn't something new either. You know, the Seminoles have the permission of the tribe, but, you know, we've seen name changes like this on, like, a high school level basis for a long time. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. The the, t- the school I teach at was originally the Savages, and the logo was a Native American wearing a headdress. I wonder why that didn't last. Uh, yeah, that's I, it's also a reservation school. Did not last long. It got changed. Um, you know, I don't know why the Redskins, the ownership, the management, felt like they needed to hold on to that for so long. And it was, it, it, and even still, if you're looking at the way that they've handled this whole thing, it they, they, they dropped the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dan Schneider has just dug his heels in. And he always has. I In 2013, in a uh, USA Today interview, Dan Schneider said, we will never change the name. He said, it is that simple. Never. You can use that in capital. Yeah. I remember when he was so adamant about that then. I mean, up till now, he still has been. And the thing that we need to remember is they're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. They're doing it because they got financial pressure put on them by their big-time sponsors yeah. and investors. And uh, you, you FedEx, could also say that they're potentially doing this to throw light on different areas of the franchise where, you know... Another thing they, happened with... Yeah. Yeah. Where some less-than-good things have been happening with the management, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't... They've got, a, they've got a hill to climb. We'll say yeah. that. And um, you feel bad for the players. Oh, yeah. I mean... The players have been getting the short end of the straw for a long time because, uh, you know, there's the whole thing with, uh, was it Trent Williams this past year? Am I remembering that correctly or am I making that up? You're going to have to elaborate a little more. Uh, where he went to the team doctor, was told everything was fine. Oh, yes. I'm... And he went to a real doctor and was told it was very not fine. <laughs> I like how you say a real doctor. <laughs> well. I mean, in, in, in Washington, we don't know right now. So, um... Yeah, it's just it's been a wild ride for fans in DC, but you hope that at the end of this that it can be an exciting new chapter for that franchise. A rebranding might be just what they need to go to 5 and 11 instead of 4 and 12. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know that the rebranding's all they need. You know, it it depends a lot too what Ron Rivera can do with his uh head coaching tenant. Absolutely. This is going to be, and I know we've discussed this before, this is going to be, in my opinion anyway, his make or break moment in his oh, career. Oh yeah, we, I, I believe the day that that happened, I, you know, we texted each other and said, you know. This is where he'll prove himself. Th- this is where it's going to happen, yeah. You know, it's um, easy to, you know, it's easy to be considered one of the best coaches in the league when you're, you're back in Cam Newton's heyday, but now with this dumpster fire that he just walked into... Uh, like I said, part of me feels bad for him, but part of me also knows that this is going to be really good for his uh, legacy if he can turn that yeah. team around. I mean, just imagine, in his tenure there, Washington gets to an NFC championship, a place that, by the way, they haven't been since 1991. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Or if they get further, if they get to the big one. I mean, imagine what that will do for his for how he's remembered. I mean, that, oh, I, I think that's a, that's a Hall of Fame seal of approval right there. Yeah, it, it would definitely help, that's for sure. Because, you know, you could say the Washington team has seemed curse. He's, you know, for quite a while. You have everything going on with their quarterback situation this past year. This past decade. Past, past decade, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I, did, I just checked, it was Trent Williams and ha- that whole yeah. field. And, you know, Trent Williams is not a trivial player that you want to make mad. He, he's a perennial pro bowler. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's... This summer has just been another chapter in the tortured existence of... And it, it was kind of leading up to this, you know, Washington is a big money franchise, but this past year they were filling their stadium, you know, maybe a third of the way full, half the way full. And it had to be 
almost a slap in the face to those fans who grew up with that team because there yeah. was a time that that team was a one of the teams in oh, absolutely. the NFL and they they've won Super Bowls back with Joe Gibbs and they you know the Joe Theismann days and Doug Williams I mean it was it was a proud franchise at one point yeah. and now it's one of the doormats of the league yeah that's I know when we're playing fantasy football you know I'll look at players that are you know teams that are going against the Redskins because like they'll probably have a good week do you uh do you defense hop with whoever's playing Washington? Because uh, uh, there's no shame in it. I yeah. do it. I did it with the Jets. Yeah. Um. You know it hasn't usually been Washington. It, for a long time it was Cleveland is what I tried and that's a safe bet. Jacksonville's not a bad one. Yeah. I don't know Minshew Mania man. He's Minshew, he's got that it. mustache. That mustache is single-handedly going to get them back to the playoffs. On a quick sidebar, I remember watching Gardner Minshew play against the Broncos this past year and that. He is a fun football player to watch. Oh, you know what? I became a fan of the kid, not for what he did on the field, but I watched an interview he had with Rich Eisen the week of the Super Bowl this last year in, was it down in Miami? That's where it was. And uh, he, the way he carries himself, funny guy, relaxed. He's one of those guys that you would definitely grab a drink with. Oh, yeah. 100%. Apparently he... Grabs a drink before games in the locker room, if I remember the story I think, correctly. <laughs> I think one thing that they talked about that sold me on him just as a all-around funny, likable guy was he found, he was cleaning out stuff from his old dorm room, I think, from Washington State, and he found a bag of mustache hairs from the first mustache he ever shaved off, and I think he sold it. I think a, a super fan bought it, and I loved it. I loved everything about it because if you actually I, have it hanging on your wall now. <laughs> oh, you know I'm never gonna buy anything from Washington State. But anyway, uh, yeah, right then and there, I was like, all right, this kid's got chops. I love him. He's hilarious. He's got a fan in me. I don't know if I'm gonna pick him up in fantasy. If he's if he's on the table in round six, maybe. You no, know, <laughs> I I think he will develop into a pretty decent football I'm, player. I'm excited to see where that kid's career takes him. And he's you know if you make no. me laugh, you've got a fan in me. So yeah. he he got me there. Yeah, <laughs> makes me think of Pat McAfee because that's why, that's how I originally heard of Pat McAfee. You were telling me about how much he made you laugh. Dude's a riot. He is. Uh, go watch the the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, not a sponsor. <laughs> Shameless little plug for you, Pat. <laughs> Yeah, we know you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like. I, I really am excited to see where Gardner Minshew goes. You know, he's another one of those football players that he wasn't a first round draft pick. He wasn't someone that's highly thought about or sought after, highly talked about. But he got the starting opportunity. I think he made the best of it. Definitely, definitely. And, and um, you know, that's that's how some of these great football players get their starts. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, 199th overall Yeah, selection. something like that. Way down there, way down there. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, Minshew Mania, it's coming at you, and it's coming fast, so yeah. be ready. Buckle up. But going back to this Washington uh, team name change, first, I, I do want to mention, too, we're two white guys, so we, we may not have the most qualifications to talk about this. We'll do our best. Um, I did find out, I was doing some research about it, because I... I try to stay off Facebook, but, you know, I was on it for something or another. That's a good plan, too. Um, but I saw someone post that the Redskins had Montana ties. And I was like, that can't be true. Nobody has Montana ties. <laughs> so, I, But I looked it up, and I guess um, the logo was actually designed by someone from Montana. Really? Yeah. Um, it was a guy named Walter Wetzel, and his nickname was Blackie. He, he was native, correct? Uh, correct. He's from the Blackfoot tribe. Okay, I, I did know that the logo was designed by a Native American man, but I did not know he was from Montana. Yeah, so I actually thought that was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, his family members, you know, they've been asked several times to comment on it. There's some disappointment from them. Uh, there's a Great Falls Tribune article about it that I thought was pretty good, where they asked... Um, you know, his son and his grandson, if I remember correctly, what they thought. And, you know, they were both like, you know, it wasn't designed out of hate. You know, it wasn't supposed to be a stereotype. You know, it was meant with nothing but respect. And the, the logo was actually designed after... It was an aggregate of several Native Americans. And one of them was actually a chief of the Blackfoot tribe. Really? Um, 
And so, but in this article, they had actually interviewed quite a few Native Americans from Montana. And, you know, they actually, they did get varying... Responses. You know, yeah, responses. One of them that really struck me was, you know, they would see that picture on, you know, jackets or uh, uh, jerseys or you know, shirts or whatever. Yeah, and they'd yeah. be like, you know, seeing, you know, representation for themselves. Um, and and, you know, I've heard that too, yeah. And, you know, as a, as a white guy, you know, that's... Not something I think about because you know, yeah, everything's got a white guy. In it. I can't speak to that experience. But. Um, so that's something I didn't think about, and I don't know. It makes me wonder if they could, you know, maybe they could keep the logo. Maybe if they change the name to something more respectful, because the or, the name definitely needs to change. Oh, hundred percent. And maybe not even necessarily keep the logo, but keep the theme. Keep the yeah. Native American. I I used to work when I was going to school. Still, I worked at a sports store. And I remember one day I had, well, first off, my boss there, he's a, he's actually Native. But I had a customer come in one day who was also Native American. And uh, we struck up conversation, and it did get to this. And not Washington specifically, but Native American imagery and representation in sports. And I, I just asked him point blank, I said, how do you feel about the way that it's handled in sports? And he said, honestly... He said when they push to change names or remove logos, he said it almost feels like a part of our history is being erased. And I remember that kind of floored me. I'd never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. And the, the way he used the word erased. And it was a really interesting perspective on that, that like you said, I had never thought about before. I, th I think again with what the name was in Washington, that's an extreme, you know? Yeah, it, it is something that was... That maybe even if way back originally it wasn't meant as a slur, it's it's absolutely a slur now. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And times change, thought processes change, and you need to adapt with it. And yeah, the Redskins went kicking and screaming. And, yeah, but they, you know, whether it's for the right reasons or not, here we are now. They're waiting to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think I read where they're going to go this whole season, just refer yeah, to themselves as the Washington football team. Yeah, which is the uh, compromise another, to end all compromises. Another example of how well it was handled. Yeah, well being. Quotation marks being thrown <laughs> up emphatically. Well, and then you heard that story about the businessman. I think he's from Virginia. That yeah. like bought up all the potential names they were looking at so that potentially the team would have to pay him oodles yeah, of money absolutely. for this name and i love it i think it's genius good on that guy that is being an opportunist at <laughs> at its finest at its finest and i am all for it uh i bet you somehow though those big wig nfl lawyers will find a way to weasel yeah. around it but but you know that's something they could have gotten around if dan snyder had put on his big boy pants and just made a made a decision or just changed the name or come up with a decision before announcing they were changing the name. Absolutely. And here's the thing, too. They announced a few weeks ago, okay, tomorrow is the day we're going to officially retire this name. And I remember reading that article thinking, okay, cool. So tomorrow is when we get the new name. That's yeah. what I thought. No, there was no backup plan. There was no. There yeah, was nothing waiting in the chamber. They literally, literally just said, we are the Redskins. No more. It's like quitting a job when you got nothing in savings and no new job lined up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's a really good analogy. That's what it feels like, and, and, and it just feels like, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's been it's not been uh, the most pristine summers in D.C., and yeah. I'm not talking politics for once when I yeah. say that. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like the idea of them keep, like what you said, if they could maybe keep, keep the Native American uh, uh, themes. themes, you know, in a respectful manner to, you know, because I, I do think it's, it would be it's cool that, you know, Native Americans have representation in the oh, NFL. Oh, absolutely. And everywhere in sports. I um, mean, here's the thing, too. It, what it boils down to is there's a right and a wrong way to do things. Yeah. And, and they've been doing it the wrong way, and now they have a chance to, if they still want to stay on that path, to do it the right way. Yeah. And, you know, they could they could go this Florida State Seminoles route. They could, you know, Consult talk to people. one of the local tribes, uh, talk to the... Uh, and I'm remembering the name of the council, um, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, so I'm going to look it up real quick. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Talk to people. Talk to the people who this directly, who you're representing. Yeah. Uh, the National Congress of American Indians. 
Okay. Um, talk to them. You know, see how they would like to be represented by your team. A discourse is the best way yeah. to get things done. A hundred percent. Don't don't alienate your fans or the people that you're representing. Which I is I think the Redskins have been doing that. And or, here's the thing. Are they going to lose some old-timer fans who are stuck in their ways over this? Probably. But yeah. here's the thing, too. How many fans are they going to gain Yeah. because of this? Absolutely. So it's, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other as far as that's concerned. But it's just, at, at this point in 2020, it's the right thing to do. It's been the right thing to do for a long time. Yeah. And... Better late than never, I suppose. Better late than never, I um, suppose. I wish they were doing it for different reasons, but... Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that we haven't heard anything out of the uh, the Braves though about so, some of their imagery. We did hear a little bit. Oh, did we? Um, they oh man, said, I'm behind the times. They have said that I I mean I just consume way too much baseball media, but they have said that they're not going to do anything with their name, but they are going to look into ways to ban the old tomahawk chop mm-hmm. from the. In their stadium. How you police that, I don't even begin to know. When you have a stadium of 60-some thousand fans, whenever that day comes again, doing it. But um, as far as their name goes, they have said that they're not going to do anything with what they call themselves. And then, if you want to stick with baseball, there's the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, an old Chief Wahoo. The logo needs to go 100%. 100%. It is, I can see where it would be extremely offensive. And uh, I have heard that the Indians have, or at least toyed around with the idea of what a new name would be if they were to change. And they talked about an old, old name they used to have back in the early 1900s with the Cleveland Spiders. Oh, God, I I don't like that. You and I as both spider (laughs) lovers, I say, with extreme sarcasm... I was right there with you. I hate it. I, w- I couldn't do it. It's the same reason I could never root for Richmond. They're the Spiders. Can't yeah. do it. Mm-mm. Not. Can't do the logo. Even hearing the words sometimes gets oh, me. Oh, yeah. So, ugh. I hate getting those, like, phantom feelings, like, in your arm where you think something's falling across it. And... Stop. Okay, I just got one. Let's, let's not. Let's... <laughs> okay, no spider talk. No spider talk. No spider talk. Um, yeah, and, you know, I'll, I am interested to see where this all goes because, you know, it, it could go... To a lot of places, you know, you, you can talk about the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, yep. which, you know, being a casual fan, I, I know a little about near Chicago, there is no Blackhawk tribe. Mm-hmm. That that name is I, based off the original team owners, like military division, if I remember correctly, and I might be talking out of my, you know, bottom half right now, but you know, they still do use a Native American man for their logo. Yeah. And they, they had, uh, you know, quite a few people come into the games in headdresses and regalia. Yeah, so point to that. I read an article about three hours ago today, actually, that they are banning fans wearing headdresses to games. From I, think that's a, I think that's a very good it's thing. It's a good first step. And what I was going to say as far as the logo goes, kind of like I said with Florida State, it's a beautiful logo. Yeah. It's a gorgeous logo. And that is, if you're going to do imagery and you're going to do emblems, that is the way to do it and not what Cleveland is doing. Yeah. I I did see another one a fan made here a couple of years ago. I think I saw it on Reddit, the Blackhawks subreddit or something like that, but where it was almost a a totem pole style design where it was a Blackhawk, but it was done in a Native American art form. I thought it was really cool. It took away that uh, Native American face logo that... I know some people do do not like, but it still kind of kept that ca- same kind of theme and imagery and you know homage to Native American yeah. culture. And yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. It's it's a it's a new time for everyone. Some of it's uncomfortable, but it's stuff. It's all necessary. It's stuff that we got to wade through together and figure out mm-hmm. the, the the best way to do these things. And again, this is sports. This is not. Yeah, it's someplace that we're supposed to come together. You know, it is. We should come together as fans. It shouldn't matter, you know, what your creed is. We are rooting for or sometimes against. Very often against the same um, things. New England. Oh, what? Whoa! Did someone sneeze in here? Uh, I just had a little bit of a cough. Anyway, thanks um, for thanks for saying New England and not Tom Brady, because <laughs> I would I'm, have to take that personal. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, it's crazy times as far as name changes go. But this isn't the first time, like you said earlier, that we've seen a team change its name. It's not the first time a team has changed its name without changing cities. Yeah. Uh, I think you know this, but 
long time ago, the Jets, as we know them now, were not always the Jets. They were the New York Titans. I did not know that one, yeah. actually. And do you know why they were the New York Titans? I love it. Why were they the New Their York owners, Titans? Their owners, life of me can't remember his name right now, at the time, since they were the new kids on the block in New York, they thought, okay, what's bigger and better than Giants, the other New York team? Titans are. And for those first few years when they were the Titans, they were absolute garbage. They were definitely Shaw. the second tier team in New York. And so I think I read where actually when they were renamed the Jets in 1963, I believe is the year they were renamed, uh, it was an homage to America's Space Age. Because that's when... Huh. So that's why they went with Jets. And then, fun fact, the year that America sent a man to the moon, the year that Neil Armstrong walked on lunar soil, was the same year that your very same New York Jets won their one and only Super Bowl. Hmm. So, but yeah, it's not the first time a name has been changed. It's, well, not, it's not even the first time the the Washington team has changed their name. Yeah. Because weren't they originally the Braves? Yeah, I believe they were the but, Bo- they were the Boston Braves, but then they moved down. And to but DC. didn't they change their name because they didn't want to be confused with the other Brave team? Probably. I mean, and the other one too, uh, teams changing their names and not changing cities and confusion. Uh, the Steelers, when they first came into being in Pittsburgh, they literally copied baseball right across the street and called themselves the Pittsburgh Pirates. Also, oh really? Same colors, same team name. Just uh... fans in Pittsburgh at the time <laughs> must have loved it. Oh, I mean, you don't have to buy one jersey that way. <laughs> Where are you going tonight, Jeff? Oh, I'm going to hit the Pirates game. Which, Which one? <laughs> oh, but team names change all the time. It yeah. feels crazy right now because it's happening, but 20 years from now, whatever Washington calls themselves, that's going to be normal. That's going to feel normal. And, you know, I think ultimately a, a, a name change is a lot more palatable in the long run than, you know, if, you know, they're not talking about it, but, like, a team changing cities. You don't lose a franchise... There's no hard Base. feelings. Yeah, I'm trying my best not to talk about the Sonics again right now. <laughs> uh, speaking of Seattle, though, let's let's, let's talk, talk about, about what just got released. The happy news. We're the happy sports stuff that happened this summer. Your Seattle Kraken are here to play, and they're here to stay. Yeah, they are. Oh, I'm ready. I, I have wanted hockey in Seattle for so long. So have a lot of people. My, uh, my grandma. On my mom's side is actually a huge hockey fan. And she is the one that really, from the time I was a little kid and was getting into football, she always would tell me, I'm going to make you a hockey fan yet. And I would always tell her, I said, Grandma, one thing needs to happen for that to happen. Seattle needs to get a team. Well, Grandma, I can say, here we are, summer 2020. I am officially a hockey fan. Yep. I think we both have a lot to learn. We, we definitely do. I Neither of us, by any means, are hockey experts. No. I'm sure that... People listening out there would be able to mop the floor with us in terms of hockey rules, regulations, and how it's played. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We're going to be the biggest Seattle Kraken fans on this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, we're going to be a couple of crackheads. <laughs> it's my favorite joke Oh, right man. That one's not going to get overplayed. No, not at all. So, yeah. What do you think about it? I mean, obviously, we're both excited. I, I'm super excited. Uh, the Kraken won me over almost immediately. I went to their Twitter page because I wanted to see the release video. And the top of their Twitter page at the time said, we are currently looking into how to draft your favorite player. Yes. And I yes. going back to you talking about, you know, if you can make me laugh, you got a fan. They made me laugh right away. Um, I love the release video. Oh, um, originally being from Washington, it's nice to have, you know, some more of that, like, home state pride, I guess. And, you know, I love the logo. I love the alternate logos. The Seattle, awesome. the Space Needle Anchor. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so beauty. awesome. And here, here's what I love about it. I love that it kept the Seattle sports theme and naming their team something to do with the sea. Yeah. You have the Seahawks, you have the Mariners, you have the Sounders for the Puget Sound. Yep. And now you have the Kraken. And they kept... The same general color idea that Seattle sports teams keep. Yeah. Dark blue, a lighter blue. Yeah, and, you know, I think they chose the perfect colors because it, you know, it, it does look like seawater. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's when you think of, I mean, they're called the Emerald City. Yeah. So you think of lush colors. You think of green. You think of blue. You think of, you know, that's what you think of. At least that's what I think of when I think of Seattle. So, yeah, I love everything. And the logo, it, it's beautiful. I think it's crisp. It's not over the top. Yeah. I think they did it beautifully. I mean, I just, 
Yeah, I, and I, I know some people don't like it. They they compare it to like an esports logo. Uh, it's like something you'd see in the Overwatch League. I I can see that. I can also see the people that compare it to like the XFL logos. I I still I really like it. I think it's awesome. And, and the thing is, it's new, and so whenever you have something new like that, you're gonna have abrasion to it. Yeah, you know, right off the bat. I mean, but, just look at all the uniform and logo changes that we saw in the NFL this past year. Yeah. Oh, nine. A 10. lot of which were, you know, met the same kind of criticism. They thought, you know, fans thought. Are you talking about your own fan base there in Tampa Bay? I love our new uniforms. That they are new slick. Pewter uniform is oh delectable. They're slick. Um, but you know, you show me something like, and I'm a little biased against the Falcons, but the Falcons do uniform. I do not like that gradient. I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, the, the fade to red, the, I don't know what's going on. I there. will say I did see a picture of it in person, uh, or not in, in person, but like actually being worn. It looks better than the, the photos that they released. Let's hope it looks better in motion. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I saw the Kraken, you know, team sweater, I love it. Have I want bought, one. Have you bought any Kraken merch yet? I have not. I have I, not. I'm I waiting bought, for... I haven't bought merch yet, but I bought the commemorative coin, the inaugural season 2021 coin. So that's going to be displayed the minute it comes in the mail. Yeah. I really want to wait until they actually do release, you know, the official stuff. Right now, it's just the release the Kraken There's some stuff. Merch. There's oh, is, some stuff now. Have they expanded it more? Some t-shirts, some beanies, some ball caps I've seen. But uh, yeah, I'm holding out a little bit. I'm holding out for that jersey. That's what I want. That's what I want. Um, speaking of the Kraken and coming into the league, that's a whole process in itself. Mm-hmm. Something I think we should delve into a little bit. So they are going to do what the Vegas Golden Knights did a couple of years ago when they came in, and they're going to go the route of the expansion draft, which anymore I feel like you almost have to do. Otherwise, I you're not going to be competitive for about five or six years. Um, so the expansion draft is it's interesting. And there's some rules that apply to it. There, from what I understand, Seattle is going to follow the same rules that Vegas had to follow a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the draft will be in June next year, 2021. Um, they are going to have to select one player from each presently existing club, excluding Vegas. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to be able to take anybody from Vegas. That, that would make sense because they just did that a couple years ago. Uh, they've got to get. 14 forwards, 9 defensemen, and 3 goaltenders. But those teams out there that are going to be at risk of losing their players, they have options to protect some of their players, their best mm. players. You know, Pittsburgh is not going to let Crosby go. I mean, it's... it's Yeah. yeah. As much as I love that, it's <laughs> not going to happen. So, uh, and and those... I'm, I'm sure a lot of those uh, GMs learned a lot from the Golden Knights draft. Yeah, that was kind of uh, the, the guinea pig of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was the first time hockey has had an expansion team come in since 2000. Uh, yeah, what team came in in 2000? Two of them came in. Uh, Minnesota, the Wild. Uh, <laughs> shout out to our friend Daniel. He absolutely loves the oh, Wild. Oh, Daniel is a huge Minnesota Wild fan. Daniel, if you're listening right now, please don't, please don't come to our house and burn it down because... Daniel's actually a huge Colorado Avalanche fan, and he can't stand the word wild, let alone... Yes. uh, Yeah, so anyway... But yeah, loves the wild. So Minnesota came in in 2000, and then also Columbus came in, the Blue Jackets. Oh yeah, they do exist, don't they? They do. Everyone tends to forget that. Um, But they (laughs) do. Sorry to any uh, Columbus fans out there. however, did not see the same amount of success that Vegas saw. Uh, those teams no. both finished dead last in their divisions in 2000. Shock. Um, meanwhile, Vegas, of course, went all the way to the Stanley Cup yeah. in their first season. It was very cool to see Vegas's run. It was. Don't tell your brother that. But Well, he's not here right now. He's not. He's not. And hopefully he's not listening to this. Uh, no, no. We want him to be listening to this. That's true. We, I guess we do. He can skip this part. But, yeah, Vegas going all the way to the Stanley Cup in their first season, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the expansion draft, is you can point to, is why. I mean, they were able to get already established talent in the league, and they. I think what shocked me the most about it was that talent was able to mesh and gel together so well right off the bat. Oh, yeah. So let's hope that that happens with Seattle. Um, am I saying Stanley Cup right off the bat? No. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. no. But no. am I not saying it either? Of course not. No, it's, I'll be very interested, 
interested to see what's happening, how their first season goes. I, I What I'm hoping for, I can't realistically hope for anything beyond a playoff appearance. No, uh, I would be ecstatic beyond belief with a playoff appearance. Boy, you and me both, it would be nice to see, you know, one of our non-football teams make it to a playoff. It would, ni- it would be nice to see a Seattle team with an S for a logo make it to the playoffs. I'm not calling anyone out in particular. I just want to see it. So, no, in all reality, I am psyched about this. I have been... There was a while there where I would check my phone every day. Did they announce the name today? Did they announce... Mm -hmm. And it took so long, but I say it was worth the wait. I would agree. It was awesome. It's it's awesome. Um, This time next year, I'm going to be up to my neck in Seattle cracking gear. This time next year, we'll be doing a podcast on who they drafted. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. So... I think that's about all the time we have for today. Yeah. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the inaugural episode, or as Justin likes to say, we call it inaugural because... First annual doesn't exist. Also, it's not an annual podcast, so... (laughs) But first annual does not exist. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. Yeah. We hope to catch you next time, next week. We'll be publishing next Thursday, every Thursday, and uh, we should be up there for you. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be on, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, you name it. Yep, a can with a string net tied to it. (laughs) Wherever you listen, hopefully (laughs) we'll be there. So thanks for tuning in, and always remember, people, party like it's 1976.